All right. Hey, before we get started here today, you guys have noticed these beautiful flowers up here on the or, uh, I don't want to say altar. Okay. These are from Banjo's uh, funeral the other day. And uh, we know that he is with the Lord. He's celebrating today. First full day in the kingdom. That's awesome. And uh, we need to be uh, remembering Kathy, Lindsay, and Jim, and Dee Dee. And uh, just be praying for that family as they, man, are excited, but man, we hate to give up. So, you know, uh, we took up residence in another place, so it's the best place he could be is in heaven today. So that's awesome. I just want to say thank you for the family and the flowers up here. Uh, man, I have one more thing. My daughter down here in the front row is turning 21 tomorrow, so she came in here. So she hates me to embarrass her, but man, I tell her, bless you don't know, I use you a lot in my sermons and all that type of stuff. So uh, man, just feel that burn there. So all right. But uh, hey, Dwayne's gone. I got to preach uh, another message. The good deal is, he said, Brent, you're wide open. So I said, great, man. Well, I get to pick where the Lord wants me to go. And I don't know if you know it, but that one series I did for Dwayne, I went to the book of Joshua. I did Joshua chapter 1. Man, what a powerful scripture. That really spoke to me in all that I did researching that chapter 1. I said, man, I wish Dwayne would give me another opportunity because I want to get back to the book of Joshua and go to Joshua chapter 6. So that's where we're at today, Joshua chapter 6. And uh, man, I know it's Old Testament. But I think God's got something to say to all of us through these parallel principles and experiences these uh, Old Testament people went through because how many of y'all have ever went through trials in your life? You go up and you say, hey, this is insurmountable. I can't get past this. It's just too big. I can't do it, Lord. And God puts those things in our life to show us we need to depend on him and not us. So when I was researching this and when I was looking at my prayer life, a lot of times I pray for God to give me an easy life. That's not the way you want to be praying, okay? You, want to, you don't want to pray uh, for easy task equal to your own power because if you accomplish that in your own power, who did that? No, we did. If it's our own power, we did. But pray for a task and power equal to the task God wants to do in your life. A God-sized task. Amen? And then when you accomplish that God-sized thing, who gets the power? Who gets the praise? He does. And that is so big because a lot of times we run into discouragement. A lot of times we run into these big things, living this Christian life, the promised land, walking the Christian life, that we come face to face with these huge walls. And uh, man, we think it's not surmountable. The guys get this. As Dwayne, or as Brother Dave sang these songs, it was great because we see in that it is about us. It's all about him and who he is. He's an awesome God. There's no thing that we can come up against in this life that he can't accomplish. He can't do for us. He can't help us to get over, okay? So that's the great thing about man, having God on our side because he's there to help us through these tough times. So, man, as we get started here today, let's go to Lord in prayer. Tell me, Father, man, you can tell I'm fired up this morning because I see you in a mighty way. I see you in a way that can be our defender, a way it can be our champion, a way you can be our, uh, man, our everything. I just pray to my Father that you would help us as we open your word today to hear your word penetrate our hearts. May we walk in victory and not defeat. Then, my Father, as we fight uh, for these battles in our lives, marriages and fear and uh, addictions and all this type of thing, then, my Father, I pray that you be the God that can overcome these things that people can see that you can work in our lives do it through us and in us in jesus name i pray and all god's people said 
All right. As I said, we're in Joshua chapter 6 this morning. I got a few principles that can help you overcome these walls. Before we do that, let's read Joshua chapter 6. We'll get started. Before we do Joshua 6, we're going to be in Joshua 5. Joshua 5 ends here with a great piece of scripture that, man, Joshua 1.9. I've been signing that all the time when I sign my cards. Joshua 1.9. It's God goes with us. He says, no matter where you go, Joshua, I'm going with you. Sometimes that's hard for us to believe that we take God everywhere. But when God's presence goes with us, there's nothing that can come into us that he doesn't allow, that he's not able to handle, okay? So let's look at Joshua 5, 13. It says, Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with a sword, so, with a sword drawn in his hand. Joshua went to him and said to him, for, for you, for us, or our adversaries? He said, No, rather indeed, I come now as a captain of host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? The captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals for from your feet, for the place you are standing is holy ground, and Joshua did so. That is awesome, okay? Let me get my first point before we go on with the rest of the scripture there. Uh, the first thing in overcoming these walls, Jericho is an old city. You remind you, you're reminded of it when we had Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus actually lived in the new uh, Jerusalem, that same region there. But, uh, you know, that's what I preached on last time. But Jericho is one of the oldest cities. It's the most fortified city in all Canaan, okay? It was the stronghold of this promised land. It was the most fortified city, the most one that, man, if we could conquer this one, we'd get everything else done, okay? It's one of those type of cities. The walls on the outside were about 15 foot tall, about 6 foot wide. The second wall gets you is about 12 foot wide. And about 25 to 30 feet high. And this goes all the way around the city. The city takes up about nine acres. Okay. It was a very, very fortified city. One of the oldest cities that we know about. Okay. So it was also, let me give you this little cool fact I found out. It's below sea level. 800, almost 900 feet below sea level there. And uh, man, it's just one of the first cities that they came upon in this promised land that God said, it's going to be yours. And, you know, the first time they came over there about 38 years ago, before the scripture was written, they saw all this, and they go, there's no way. You know, those ten spies came back and said, God, they got fortified cities. They're giants. We can't do it. It won't happen. And you remember everybody but Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb said, let's go over and get it today. But they had to spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness for that generation to pass away. Everybody that was 20-something, Kenzie, older, that didn't believe that God could do it, they passed away, okay? So God's got a new generation raised up. They wandered in the wilderness 40 years. This is the new generation that Joshua's leading. Moses is gone. Joshua gets to be the leader of these people, and Joshua is feeling insignificant, and God says, hey, I'm going with you. Joshua, be strong and courageous. How many of y'all, when you face trials and tribulation, you need that little incentive to be strong and courageous, to wait upon the Lord, to be strong and courageous through this coronavirus thing? Man, God's got a plan. He's, he's sovereign. He's got things figured out, Okay. My first thing, my first point in overcoming walls in your life is surrender to God. Surrender to God. You see that what Joshua did. When he met the Lord of hosts, he goes, he had his sword drawn. He met him. He said, are you for us or against us? And the Lord of hosts says, I'm on God's side. All right? I'm God, okay? This is actually Jesus in the flesh in the Old Testament 
shows up and man, he's ready to take charge. He's ready to take over. Okay? Isn't that good? When you need it the most, Joshua's there looking at these walls and going, man, I don't have a battering ram. I don't have a tank. I don't have uh, modern bombs. I don't have anything. But what he did have is what? God's presence with him. All right? And he had Jesus show up on the scene. Didn't that give you power? Then they say, yeah, right, man, this is great. And he falls down on his face and says, what would you have your servant to do? Hey, we need to realize we aren't here to make this world popular through us. We're here to make his name popular. We're here to make him popular, right? We're here to give him the praise. And that's what Joshua does. He bows in his servant and he says, hey, Take off your shoes, for the ground you're standing on is holy. Who else did that happen to? Moses. You see, God has got a plan. God is there. And he is ready to take on the battles that we come in face to face with. He's ready to take on those insurmountable walls we think that can't be overcome. Okay? So the first way to do that is... By surrendering to God and to know that he is able to handle everything that comes our way. One of the things I found out in Philippians, Kinsey knows this verse good. She learned this verse uh, in scripture and Trenton did too. And you'll probably know it. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ooh, that's a good one. Also... It says in Ephesians 6, he says we're fighting a spiritual battle, but we go in his strength, not our strength. Isn't that great? So, man, God's there. We just need to realize he's there with us. And I already said, Joshua 1.9, he goes with us. And that, that's the thing I want you to see here. When he goes with us, he had a plan, Okay. Let me get back to scripture in Joshua 6 and let's see what the plan is. That's the second point. Surrender, God's the first, and then God's got a plan. Okay? Listen to Joshua 6, chapter 1. Chapter 6, verse 1. Sorry about that. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because the sons of Israel, no one went out and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hands with its king and valiant warriors. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, circling the city once. You, have, you shall do this. You shall do so for six days. Also, seven priests carrying seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. Then on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be that when they have made a long blast on the ram's horn, and when you have heard the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the walls of the city will fall flat, and the people will go every man straight ahead. Wow. There's your first couple of verses, first five verses of Joshua. Let me tell you what I see here. In verse number two, it says, uh, the city was tightly shut up. Man, nobody's coming in, nobody's going out. And, you know, these walls are protecting the city. It looks like a hopeless situation, okay? There's no way the enemy's going to get in there. There's no way God's army's going to get through that, Okay. And you see in the verse 2, it said, For the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hands with its king and valiant warriors. Wow, what is that? That is a promise. You see, God said, Hey, you haven't taken victory yet, but I'm giving you victory. Before you even take foot on this thing, I am giving you victory. Man, do you know God does that with us? He says, Brent, I'm giving you victory. Victory to overcome. 
Man, how many of y'all need that? I do. On a funeral, the reason Banshee's, we were able to celebrate, he knew Jesus Christ. He has victory today. Even though Kathy is missing him, we know exactly where he's at. We know exactly he's in heaven claiming the promise of the Lord because, man, he believes, okay? He had that victory in his life. And the way you overcome walls is to know the plan. The plan. God has a plan for overcoming those Jerichos, overcoming those big walls in our life that we think are insurmountable. And the plan is have faith. Faith in what? In my ability? No. Have faith in his plan, that he's got it worked out, that I can follow his way. Okay? And that's what it's all about. You see, when God gave Joshua the battle plan, guess what? Joshua was a seasoned veteran. He's the oldest guy in Israel's camp right now. He studied under Moses. He knew battle plans. The battle plan to him would be, uh, man, men of strong force, okay? See, God takes this battle plan and says, hey, it's going to be all about me. You know, God uses weak things sometimes. God uses the things that don't make sense to us a lot of times to win his battles. You know why he does? Because he's wanting you and me to see that he's ready to use us. You know, the 12 disciples that he had, were they doctor degrees and all that stuff and following Jesus? No. They were common everyday fishermen, tax collectors. Wow, God used them. Does God use people like that today? Yes, he does. In 1 Corinthians, it says he takes the things that are ashamed, the things that are outcast, and he uses them in mighty ways, okay? Uh, man, blind Bart, when he was there, he had no clue what God was wanting to do through a blind Bart. But we still study about him today. The tax collector had all the money, but we still study about him, Zacchaeus, today, because... He surrendered to what Jesus had, to what his plan was for his life. And he's still getting the glory for that victory today, okay? Because I preached about it last week. It's in your word, okay? It's there. He gives the victories. And he goes with us. The battle plan was to walk around this city once for six days, and then on the seventh day, walk seven times around, and then there should be a long blast on the ram's horn, and then the people were supposed to shout for victory, okay? So that's God's plan. How many of y'all, if we go up to the Pentagon or whatever the armed forces of the United States say, hey, we got a battle plan for you, it's unconventional, it's not what you've heard before, how many of you think will be on board with that? I don't know if the government would go along with that. But that's the thing, it wasn't up to them. It was up to Joshua to let the people know. And guys, this Ark of the Covenant. This is a picture I got out of Laverne's classroom. But this is standing in there when I was studying and praying. And the Ark of the Covenant, this is the first time it goes into battle. You might say, Brent, why is that thing going to battle? He said, I want seven priests carrying uh, ram's horns. And now I want the other priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And my mighty warriors are going to go before it and after it. And they're going to go around this city six days, one lap around, seven days, seven laps around, and then there's going to be a long blast. Let me tell you, God didn't have a temple back then, but this was the presence of God back in the Old Testament. This little box carried the Ten Commandments. It had manna that they ate in the wilderness. It had Aaron's staff in it. It was made of archaea wood, and it had gold laid on the outside, and it had a mercy seat on top, those sheriffins there. If you touched that thing with unclean hands, you could die. I mean, that's how holy God is, and that's the reason the priests had to carry this thing and not the warriors, Okay. And they always sprinkled the blood sacrifice on that mercy seat on top of that altar. 
because that was supposed to cover up all our sins. And that was a representation of what it takes. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Okay? So that's what this was all about. But this is God's presence. These seven trumpets, they're made of ram's horns. Uh, they were shofar, okay, is what the name of it was, okay? And it pronounced the presence of the Lord. A lot of times a trumpet in battle means attack. Also a trumpet in battle means retreat. But I believe the trumpet that the Lord uses, these seven trumpets, are to proclaim his presence on the battlefield. These people in Jericho were shaken. Because they know how the people of Israel got through the Red Sea. They know what they've been doing. They know that the Lord's been winning these battles. And they got through the Jordan River at flood stage. Didn't lose a person. They walked across on dry land. I mean, they see the presence of God showing up. But they got a lot of faith in their wall, okay? They got a lot of faith in hiding. They got a lot of faith in what they were doing. But God is going to show up in a mighty way with, the, with his presence on the field. And another thing is, he told the people, this is tough. He told the people not to talk, to be silent. Can you hear all these people? Israel's about two million people right then, okay? That's about how many people they had in this big gathering. He told them, hey, be quiet. Be still and know God. Isn't that uh, Psalms 37, 11? It also says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for silence and there's a time for shouting. He spells it out for them when he wants them to shout. He spells it out for them when he wants them to be quiet. How many times when you go into battle, do you listen or do you hear yourself uh, thinking it's impossible. These people are walking around this great big fortified city one time for six days, seven times the seventh day, and going, I ain't seeing that wall move. I ain't seeing the cracks. They didn't say that. But I know I'd be thinking that when I was walking around the wall. How many of y'all give me an amen on that? Is Joshua lost his mind? Is God really that powerful where he could take down this wall with us just walking around the city? Can he really give us this whole city by us just following him? He can. He can. Do you believe? It says in Hebrews, by faith the walls fell. By faith. It wasn't Joshua's plan. It was God's plan. How many of y'all want to live your life with God's plan? Because there's strength in it. Because he's an overcomer. All right? He can get the things done that we need to be done in our life. Even though it looks impossible, God is a possible God. And he always chooses the impossible things to accomplish his possibilities. Let me give you another example of that. Dwayne always points to this cross back here. The old Roman cross, what did it represent? Certain death, suffering, bad stuff, okay? You couldn't survive the Roman cross. But you know, God took a simple cross, simple Roman cross, and he changed it. Today, people in Christianity wear that cross empty on their necklaces. It's to prove that God has a life hereafter. God gave us heaven. Amen. He accomplished that through an old rugged cross. Wow. All we have to do is believe in his plan. And I'm going to get to that a little bit. So... First thing was surrender to God. Second thing is obey God's plan. God does have a plan, and it's it can do the impossible through make it the impossible possible with God, okay? So, man, we see that lived out. The other thing is 
I pointed that out just a minute ago. Don't quit. What's it take to succeed? What's it take for these Israelites to succeed in this plan? Is to finish it out. You can't judge a plan one day in. You can't judge a plan six days in. You can't judge a plan seven days in on the sixth lap. You have to have the faith that God can do it, no matter what things look like, no matter what you're going through. And let's get back to God's plan here. The walls, he said, with a great shout. And then what are the walls going to do? Fall flat. I don't know if you know it, but when a city kind of gets old and stuff, you know, downtown Harrisburg, we have the old part of downtown. And one day the wall just fell, you know, just falls like that. God says, my walls are going to fall flat where the people of Israel are going to be able to run into this uh, Jericho and take it over. Kill everything, okay? Israel, or uh, Jericho's a doomed city. Let's pick it up in uh, verse 6 here, or chapter 6. Here's God's plan. We just spelled it out. So Joshua, not hesitating, he says, The sons of Nun called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant. And let the seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord. Then he said to the people, go forward and march around the city and let the armed men go on before the ark of the Lord. And it was, was so that when Joshua had spoken to the people, seven priests carrying seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward and blew the trumpets Uh, before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord uh, followed them. The armed men went before the priest who blew the trumpets and the rear guard came up after the Ark while they were continuing to blow the trumpets. But Joshua commanded the people saying, you shall not shout, let your voice be heard, nor let a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you shout, then you shall shout. He So he did, and the ark of the Lord, taken around the city, circled it once, and then he came into camp and spent the night in the camp. Now Joshua rose early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns, before the ark of the Lord went on continually, and blew the trumpets, and armed men went before him, and the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while they continued to blow the trumpets. Thus the second day of marching around the city was over, and they returned to camp, and they did so for six days. When I read that, one of the things I hear is the trumpet. As they marched around the city, the seven trumpets are going off. The seven trumpets continue all the time. Do you think they knew what the trumpets sounded like? I think the people on the inside of the city were very fearful. You know, when our God comes back again to heaven, there's going to be a loud trumpet blast, and he's going to come back and rule. We're going to know his presence is there. That's exactly what Jericho was feeling. God's presence is there. Jericho is a very unholy city. It may shock you, they weren't really outstanding people. Every way they could perverse the word of God, they did. Alright? They made no bones about it. They made baby sacrifices. They did all kinds of strange things. They worshipped all kinds of strange gods. It was a city that was doomed, the Bible says, when I get to that part but it was very much not God-honoring, okay? But here's the thing. God still had a plan for them. God had a plan to give that to Israel. God had a plan for those walls to come down. The other thing he told them as this trumpet blasts, to be silent, to listen. I don't know if you know it, but a lot of times when I'm doing what God wants me to do, 
I got voices from the outside world telling me not to do the things that God's telling me to do. Have y'all ever lived that? It doesn't make sense, Brent. God can't do that. If God tells you, you follow the voice of God, don't listen to the people around. You know what the people of Jericho were doing? Probably standing up there and going, man, those crazy Israelites, what in the heck are they up to? What are they thinking they're doing? They're marching around the city one time a day. What do they think they're going to accomplish by that? Does it matter what they accomplish in their eyes? No. Does it matter what God accomplishes through us? Yes. By faith, guys. The world doesn't understand faith. We have got a plan. God has got a plan for us. We need to follow that plan by faith. Okay? And that doesn't always look like it's going to happen, but it will. Let me continue on with verse 15. By being silent, the other thing I saw in my notes, by being silent, if you control your mouth, you can control most of your body. The mouth is the smallest thing in our body, but a lot of times it controls the whole way we do things, okay? The mouth is quick to speak. Have you ever said something you wish you can take it back? Yeah, because that mouth is hard to control. That mouth sometimes spouts off stuff that we don't really want, okay? But he says, hey, when you're quiet, you can control the rest of your body, okay? Hear this. Israel's been here once. They weren't going to be here twice. They said that God couldn't do it, but now they believe. Nobody's speaking out of line. Nobody's saying, hey, I got a better battle plan. Nobody's second-guessing Joshua. They're following. Isn't that what God calls us to do? I got this cool thing to remind me of that. It's my email address. Or I'm going to give it to you. BrentChristFollower at gmail.com The reason I got that is because so many people ask you that. And then when I say, Brent, I want to know that I'm a Christ follower. I want to know that I'm still following God's plan for my life. No matter how old I get, I still want to be following God's plan because that plan's going to make victory come available, right? That plan's going to give, man, just joy by following that plan, not some other plan. Find cool ways to remind yourself, hey, I am a Christ follower. That's all God's called me to do. He didn't call me to have the plan. He calls me to follow. I can follow. How many of y'all can follow? You know, in kindergarten, we're going to learn this cool game. Follow the leader, right? Hey, it's innate in us. We can follow if we know that he's the leader. And that's what you've got to convince yourself of, that he's the leader. All right, here we go. Verse 15. Then on the seventh day, they arose early in the morning and on the dawn of that day and marched around the city in the same manner. Seven times only on that day. They marched around the city seven times. At the seventh time, when the priests blew the trumpet, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you your city. The city shall be under the ban. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot and all those who are with her in the house shall live, because she hid the messengers with whom we sent. But as for you, only keep yourself from the things under the ban, so that you do not covet them, and take some of the things under the ban, and make your camp of Israel uh, cursed, and bring trouble upon it. But all the silver, gold, articles of bronze uh, aren't holy to the go to the Lord. They shall go in the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted, and the priests blew the trumpets, and when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the walls fell flat, so that the people went into the city, every man straight ahead. They took the city, they utterly destroyed everything in the city, both man, woman, young, old, ox, sheep, donkey, with the edge of the sword. Joshua said to the two men who had uh, 
spied out the land. Go into the harlot's house and bring the woman and all she has out of there as you have sworn to her. So the young men who were spies went and brought the Rahab and the father and her mother and her brothers and, and all she had. They also brought all out the relatives that placed outside the camp of Israel. They burned the city with fire and all that was in it. Only the silver, the gold, the articles, the bronze, iron, it went into the treasury of the house of the Lord. However, Rahab, the harlot, and her father's household, and all she had, Joshua spared. And she lives in the midst of Israel today, for she has hidden the messengers from Joshua, went to spy out Jericho. What you see here, guys, is God's got a victory. Don't miss it. Salvation comes. He talks about the end is going to come. The seven days, the seven laps are going to happen. Victory is going to come. Victory for Israel and victory for Rahab. Here, here it is. The gospel. God brings hope into a dying land. This world is going to be destroyed, folks. This world is in the great place. This world is corrupt. This world's going to be destroyed. But God's got a plan. It's salvation. It's called the gospel, the good news. God created each one of us, whether you want to believe it or not, he created us for a relationship with him. We're made different than the animals. We're made different than anybody else. We are a holy being, or we are a heavenly being, a spiritual being, where we can interact, okay? But we have a problem. Our sin separates us. And sins can't be overcome by being good. You see, Rahab lived in the city of Jericho. Rahab was a hope. Oh, you guys said that in church, I'm going to tell Dwayne. <laughs> she was a harlot. You know why the Bible harps on the harlot thing? It's because just what I said a minute ago. We can see the bad that she did. We can know her by the bad she did. You know what you are? A sinner. You're just as bad as a harlot. My Bible says, for all has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no judging who's worse and who's better. We all need Jesus. Hear me? We all need Jesus. I got a shirt that says that and when I wear it to Walmart, it is just so cool when people recognize that and say, man, I love your shirt. That is so true. I go, do you know Jesus? It's not religion, it's Jesus. Okay? Because he made it possible when he died on this cross. The devil thought he won, but the devil didn't win. He went into the grave, and the devil is going, yeah, I got it whipped. I'm going to have this whole world for myself. But on the third day, he arose. Amen. He's not in that grave. He's not there. There's been testimony that he's alive and well, paying the price. Jesus died and he resurrected and he can take away yours and my sin. And everyone, get this, everyone who believes and trusts in him will have eternal life. But you got to believe and trust. You got to put feet to that belief. Just like the Israelites believed the walls could come down. They walked around the whole time. But you're going to see them shout for victory. And when they shouted, the walls went flat. It wasn't at the end of the seventh lap. It was when they proclaimed it. When they shouted victory. Dwayne's telling me today, do you know what they said when they shouted victory? I go, I have no idea. They just said they shouted. When the Cardinals hit a grand slam home run. What do you shout? 
Alright, yeah. When Jesus hits his home run, what do you shout? Woo! Man, it's gone. Let's go. You get excited. They shouted in victory because they knew he won. For Rachel the harlot, it wasn't about who she was. It was about what they promised. You see, the promise was that her and her whole household in that thing were going to be saved. God gives us the same promise. It's not about being an Israelite. It's about being a Christ follower. It's about knowing him. And that red string she hung up represented the red blood of the sheep that they put over the Passover lamb that passed over. It wasn't she was a good person. She hid the spies, yes. The spies are known as the spies, but later on in this chapter, it's known as the messenger. You guys carry good news with you when you know Jesus Christ. Amen? You become messengers of Jesus Christ so they can shout for victory. I want to get this real quick. John chapter 3. You're going, how can God kill all these people in uh, Jericho? Listen to this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You know, they didn't believe in God and they were judged. Do you know what? God's a God of love, but he makes a way where none was possible. He makes the way. But you have to choose today. Do I want to follow his plan or I want to do it my way? My plan. My plan is going to lead him to destruction. His plan is going to lead to life. Life eternal. He says he's come to give us eternal life. A life abundant. Hey guys, this life's hard here on earth, but it's an abundant life. This thing's not going to last forever. You build up your kingdom here, it's going to last, what, maybe a hundred years? You build up your reward in heaven, how long is it going to last? Eternity. Get a good exchange. He destroyed the whole city. But before he destroyed it, he got Rahab and her family out, set them out, because there was salvation to be had. Because they made a promise. God makes that promise to us before this end of time he's going to come back and destroy this world. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Be ready. Because any time he can come back. And that's the way I read my Bible. He says, I'm ready. Paul said he's ready. Be ready. Because he can come. The third thing is Salvation comes by faith in the Lord. You see that through Rahab. You see it through the gospel. You see that in a lot of ways there. But utter destruction happens to Jericho. They burn the city. Let me tell you my notes. Archaeologically, the city is still laying barren because there was a curse on it. And archaeologists is dug down there. And it says for sure that there was a mighty fire in Jericho. You know why there's a mighty fire? It's because our God's a consumer. Consumes by fire. He consumed that whole city. And if you don't follow his plan to a T, you know, there was these uh, things that they were not to covet. There's these things that this whole city belonged to God. But if we do things not according to God, there are consequences. Consequences for our sin. He wants to make sure that you know that. He overcomes all that. Know there's victory in the Lord. Know there's victory through him. Not about Joshua, 
about him, about God who walked around the city with the people, about God who goes with you and me through the Holy Spirit that can accomplish all things that he wants to accomplish. Okay? Because he is good. He's got the gospel. He gives it to you and me to proclaim, to be messengers of the gospel. No matter what you go through in life, no matter what wall you go up against, your God is an awesome, awesome God that can overcome these things. Don't forget that, folks. So many times I don't think we really realize who God is in our life. We live a defeated life. God is a God who wants to conquer, a God who wants to give freedom. He can do that. He's the only one that can do that. Amen? And the reason we know that is because of the victory shout. When Dave gets done, the praise team gets done up here, sometimes you clap. Sometimes you stand up. A lot of times I go, Woo! Man, that's good! That's not being irreverent, folks. That's proclaiming the victory that God proclaimed in my life. That's saying he hit a home run. That's saying he scored a touchdown when, man, the time was running out. He did it in my life, and I'm ready to shout it from the rafters. Amen? When God does a victory, let's shout. Let's do it. Let this world know who brings the victory. It ain't because of who's in the White House, okay? It ain't because of me. It's because of him. Who I serve. Who lives in me that wants to do these good works. To overcome these walls. And let these people know that God has victory today. It doesn't always come in my time. But it's going to come. And I've got faith that it's going to come. Okay? I'm crazy, yes. But I'm crazy about Jesus. Okay? He's going to give the victory. No matter what it looks like, he's going to give the victory. Not in the way I think it's going to happen. Not on the first lap. Not on the sixth lap of the seventh day. At the end, when he's done, he says, we shout for victory. And he's going to give the victory. Amen? And that's what it's all about. So there's no doubt that day he brought the victory. Joshua is known as a man who was there but Joshua is known as the man who followed the plan. Amen? Do you get that? The man who followed the plan. That's what I want to be. The man who followed the plan. A long time ago, we used to have promise keepers. I loved it. Loved going, getting men pumped up. There was something about being in the stadium, uh, Indianapolis Stadium there, with all those guys singing praises to the Lord. And you could feel the power of the presence of the Lord when, you, when these guys were singing. The promise keeper. God is the promise keeper. And he shows us how to keep the promise. Joshua told these two young men, go back in. You swore to them that you would take care of them. Go back in and bring this family out of this destruction. God's going to take care of us. He's going to bring us out of destruction. Okay? He's going to do what he says he can. One last thing I'm going to read to you. James 2. James chapter 2. Oh, yes. James 2. James chapter 2, verse 24. Listen to this. You see that man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For just as the body is without the spirit is dead, so also is faith without works is dead. You can believe God's got a plan, but until you're willing to follow that plan, you ain't believing, okay? You got to know God. You got to say, hey, I'm following you with what I believe, but I'm also following you with my feet. Alright? My heart's doing what I need to do. I'm confessing you out 
where I need you to be, okay? It's not just by faith alone. It's by confession and believing in your heart that God is who he says he is. And that's how salvation happens. That is victory, okay? Let's all stand. Before we pray, there was a young boy who was really enamored with his dad. His dad started digging a hole outside of his house. I guess he's going to fix something or whatever. He started digging a great big hole. And the little boy was curious, about two years old, three-year-old boy. He goes, Dad, I can't see you. Are you down there in that hole? The dad goes, yeah, I am, son. Hey, Dad, can I come down to see you? He says, son, just jump in and I'll catch you. He says, Dad, I can't see you. How am I going to know you're going to catch me? I said I am. Hey, God wants to do that with you today. Will you accept him as your Lord and Savior? Will you know that he's there for you? Will you allow him to use your life in a way that only he can? Can he win that victory? Can he take down those strongholds? Yes, he can. But all he's waiting on is you to jump. You to do it. Tell me, Father. I thank you so much for the Old Testament. I thank you for Joshua. I thank you for these victories that you won for Israel. I'm thankful for the writer to say that Rahab still lives there today. I'm thankful for Matthew that says Rahab is a part of the lineage of David and a part of the lineage of Jesus. You took a harlot and changed her. You took a one that was a sinner and changed her. You took the ordinary and the made extraordinary. Heavenly Father, help us to see ourselves as more than just people to walk on this earth, but people that walk with a purpose. Because we're following you with a plan. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you'd work in people's lives today. If there's somebody that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray that you come in and save them. Only you can do that, Lord. I can't do that. They have to make their own choice. I pray that they will. If there's a young boy or a young girl out there that needs to set you for their first time, don't let them rely on mom and dad. Allow them to make that choice themselves. Heavenly Father, it's called faith. And they say without faith, it's impossible to please you. Help us to believe that. Help us to walk that way. Thank you for this message. In Jesus' name I pray.